Hey, good morning, good morning. I hope you guys are doing amazing. I hope uh, your week has been awesome as we uh, keep moving towards uh, Thanksgiving uh, this week and, and think about the things that we are most grateful for. Um, and there's a lot, family and, and friends and uh, the Lord in our life are, are, should be at the very top of all of our Thanksgiving lists. Um, that God brings peace, that God brings comfort, that God brings direction and purpose into our life when God steps in. And that's what we have been talking about for a number of weeks, about 16 weeks, about God stepping in. Because when God steps in, a lot of good stuff happens. All that power and the qualities of God become part of our life like the things of heaven literally literally come into our lives and begin to grow in us and manifest themselves in us and so we have a peace that is not of this world we have a peace from above we have a power that is not of this world it is a power that is from above we have direction and a purpose and a hope that is not of this world you know, you know, you know, if you think about what that does to us, it lifts us out of the muck and the mire of this world and the, the trash of the world, the evil of the world. And it, it, it helps us to have a mind that is above the things of this world, not better than other people that above, but above the, the, the sinfulness of mankind. And we can have this, this, this clarity and this vision and a direction in our life that the world has no clue about because the world doesn't know God. When God steps into our life, amazing things happen in our life. When God steps in, truly, miracles happen. I'm not talking about raising the dead or healing the blind or walking on water. Those things are all nice and good. But they are not eternal things. If you get your eyes, you know, opened and you can see again and, and God heals you of that, that's nice, but it's temporary. It's just here now. It's not eternal. But God brings, the miracles of God that he brings into our life are eternal. The peace that we have, it's eternal. The strength that we have, it's eternal. The things that God wants to do in us are eternal and we kind of get hung up on the flesh, the physical things, and we worry about those things. We let them drag us down. And I'm here to tell you today, as we talk about this topic today, that when we get our eyes on God, we get our eyes, we lift our eyes up, then the things of this world will seem very, very small. When God steps in, miracles happen. The impossible is made possible. But when God steps in, here's what else happens. Thanksgiving happens. We learn to thank God. We learn to say, God, thank you for the little things in this world that you bless me with. God, thank you. And uh, as we think about being thankful this week, our number one thanks needs to go to God for preserving us, for loving us, for sending his son Jesus. And the list of the things that God has done for us goes on and on and on. So I hope this morning you are thankful to God. 
When he stepped in, we, we, we've talked about all these people that God stepped into their life. And last week we talked about Cornelius, how God stepped into the life of the Gentiles through this man by the name of Cornelius. And because of Cornelius, the Gentiles have been allowed into the kingdom of God, right? We have been granted entry into the kingdom of God all the way back in the book of Acts when God spoke through Peter and the Gentile door was wide open for anyone to come in, every tribe, every nation, to come into the kingdom of God. And that's you and that's me. And that's a great day when God opened the door for us. All through time, even in our day, God has stepped in over and over and over again. And today as we wrap up this series, this final sermon on, in this series, and that's a sad thing for me, when we come to the end of a series, it's always sad, but it's always exciting because of where we're going to go next, and I'm excited about that as well. But, but as we wrap this up, we have got to understand something really, really important about, about God stepping in. We got we to gotta get it. It's imperative that we, that we walk out of here today at the end of this message with this truth. And this truth that I want to share with you today should impact everything about your life. Everything about you. Everything that you do, everything that you think, everything that you are about. Your entire life should be impacted by this truth. And that is this truth. God has stepped in and God will step in again. God has stepped in. We have looked at time and time again of God stepping in, but the good news for you and for me that needs to carry us through the rest of our days on this planet is that God will step in again. That is our hope. This is our great hope. This is the good news, not just that God sent us on and we're saved, but that he's coming to get us and to bring us back to heaven with him one day. This is our hope. This is our joy. This truth puts a smile on our face that no matter what happens in this world, it's okay. It's very small. No matter what it is, doesn't matter what it is, what disease, what sickness, what death, what bad news you could ever get in comparison to Jesus coming back. It is tiny. The joy that should flood our heart and our mind and our soul at the thought that Jesus Christ of glory is going to come back and take us to be with him. There's no joy that should ever even come close to the joy we have, inexpressible joy in Jesus. He is our rescue. Our rescue is coming. He came, he provided a life vest for us. We are floating safely, but he is coming to rescue us out of here one day. That is incredible. And there's a couple of truths that I want to share with you that I really want to drive home today from this whole series about God stepping in, both in our day and in the days to come. He is going to step in again. The first truth is this, two truths that I want to share with you. Number one, God wants to step into your life. That's the number one truth that we have got to take away from this that everyone needs to know about. 
that God wants to step into our life. This is God's number one goal for you and for me, to have a personal relationship with him. This is why Jesus came to the earth, so that we could come back into the presence of God and have a personal relationship with him. Well, there was no way for us to get there, so he sent his son here, and now through Jesus, we can have this personal relationship with him. God wants to step into your life. And if he's already stepped into your life and you're sitting here going, you know, I've made that decision. I've given my life to Christ. I want to remind you about what that means, but also prod us, challenge us and move us. There are people that live all around us that do not know what this means. And our job, our responsibility is to take the remedy of sin's problem and punishment and bring it to the world. Bring it to people who may not have heard this, that don't know the good news of what Jesus has done, or have some cloudy idea of what it means, or have some confused idea because of all the different things they have seen in this world in the name of religion that have just caused it to become muddied and not very attractive whatsoever. The truth of the gospel is that God loves us and he wants us to have this personal relationship with him. He wants us to allow him, to invite him to come on into our life. And that's a cool thing we get to do. God wants today and every day to live in us, to dwell within us, to make his home in us. And he has made it possible for that to happen. God has always wanted to dwell with his people. That's the whole story of Father Abraham, right? Even back to Abraham and Eve. God wanted to dwell with his people, but they quickly sinned and rebelled against him. And then through Abraham and all of his descendants, God's desire was that he would live with his people and they would be his people here on the earth out of all the nations. God would preserve for himself one nation that he would dwell with and that one day he would send the Savior through. That nation, Israel, and that all nations on the earth would be blessed through this one nation. That was God's desire to dwell with us. God has always used ordinary people to work on this earth. Our forefathers, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and those guys. And then the prophets that God used and all the people that God worked through to deliver his message to mankind. God has always desired to walk with us and to be among us. Every move of God <clears throat> was his attempt to work with us and to work for us. God's desire is that he loves us and he wants to be with us. We ran away from him, he chased us down and he now wants to dwell among us again. That's a God, that's a God who loves. He's a loving God who cares about you and he cares about me and he cares about your friends. And God has poured out his Holy Spirit for the sole purpose of dwelling in us. The Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, that are all three separate but all one. God, the Holy Spirit, wants to dwell and live among us in us. The Holy Spirit makes his home in us. That's God's desire for us. 
The mystery of the entire gospel is Christ in you, our hope of glory. That's the mystery of the gospel, that God's desire is to be present in our lives, to participate with us in this world, that we would have a personal relationship with him. Let me share with you a few verses of scripture. Ephesians chapter one, Paul says, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. When you gave your life to him, when you believed in Jesus, and that's when it happens, when you are immersed into Christ, you believe and you act on your belief. Action. Belief is an active word. It isn't just a thought in your head. It is a lifestyle. When you believe, you honor, you obey, you love, you do. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The Holy Spirit is the seal of God that has come into your life. And it's a deposit about what is to come in your life. Eternal life in heaven one day with God. See, the Holy Spirit is that deposit for now, that part of your redemption process. In 1 Corinthians 3, Paul says, don't you know that you yourself are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? God has come to live in you. That's why we should be very careful what we do with our bodies, what we put on our bodies, what we put in our bodies. God's Holy Spirit lives here. And we want to honor God living in us with the way we treat ourselves in this world, what we do to ourselves. It's so important. The third passage is in Acts chapter 2, verse 23. Peter's instruction to the crowd when he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, God's primary desire is to dwell with his people who are made in his very image. That's why he loves us more than the animals, more than the trees and the birds and the, the flowers and all the things of this earth are going to pass away. You and I have been made in the image of God with an eternal soul. Nothing else on the planet has that. God loves us. He desires to walk with us. And he wants to step into your life. He has done everything necessary to bring this about, to be available to you and to me. The ball is really in our court. It's in our court as people. It's our decision to choose and to invite him to come and be a part of our life, to have his way in us. Know this, know this. God wants to do great things things in your life right now. God wants to step into your life and do great things in you. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. You hear what Jesus says right here? He says, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you are going, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go back to heaven. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And when he comes to dwell in you, you are going to have the power of God in you to do even greater things than he 
was doing when he was on the earth. Now, what was Jesus doing on the earth? He was doing a lot of things, lots of signs and lots of wonders. But those are the lesser things. The lesser things are that Jesus healed the blind, that Jesus healed uh, the deaf, that Jesus caused a lame man to walk, that Jesus walked on water, that Jesus raised the dead. You would think those are huge things, and they are big things in a physical way. But compared to spiritual and eternal things, they are the lesser thing. Look, Lazarus was raised from the dead. And what happened to Lazarus again? He had to die twice. He had to die a second time. So that's not the greater thing. The greater thing that you and I get to do because the Holy Spirit lives in us is that we get, to, we get to share the gospel with other people and we get to see people's eternal souls change forever once they were moving toward eternal destruction and hell and we share the gospel with them and now they're moving toward eternal life in God. That is by far the way greater thing that God wants to do in you and through you. God wants to step into your life. That's the biggest step God wants to take, first and foremost, is he wants to step into your life and my life. God's desire is that all people come to a knowledge of him, and, and nobody, nobody would spend eternity in hell. Nobody. God wishes all men to be saved. But you and I, the ball's in our court. What are we going to do with it for ourselves first, and then what are we going to do with this gospel message that God wants to step into the lives of every person on the planet that he has created in his image? Well, number two, the second big point is this, and I'm going to spend a little more time on this one, is that God will send Jesus to usher in heaven. Jesus is going to come back and he is going to usher in heaven and he's going to put an end to life as we know it. Let that sink in a minute. Jesus Christ is going to come again. And he's going to, when he comes the second time, he is going to usher in heaven. Heaven is going to begin in a new and exciting and fresh, eternal way. In Revelations chapter 22, we're going to look at it, several scriptures. Uh, Revelations 22, it says, Jesus says, look, I am coming soon. My reward, and this is, this is future. This is not past. This is future. My reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have, notice, done. See, that's why belief, when we talk about belief, it's far more than a mental uh, a thought or uh, uh, the expression of, of a thought or our mind. It's more than just how we feel or how we think or what we even maybe believe mentally. Belief, biblical belief is always, always connected to action and behavior. If you love me, Jesus said, you will do what I have commanded you. See, it's always connected. Love is an active word. Belief is an active word. It's more than just saying, oh yeah, I believe in God and I'm saved. That's not it at all. That's not enough. Belief is connected to action and Jesus said he's going to come and he's going to reward each person according to what they have done. Not just thought, but lived, done, their behavior. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the 
end. Notice some words in here. He, he says, I am coming soon. I am coming soon. That promise still is out in front of us. Jesus is going to come soon. His reward, he's coming with a reward. He's going to reward those who honor him and love him. And he's going to curse those who are against him, who have not given their life to Christ, who have said no to God or ignored God or ignored his grace and his love. This is why you and I have a job to do, to go out and to share the gospel with everyone, give everyone an opportunity to either say yes to God or no to God. If they say no, that's their choice. But there's going to be a number of people who are going to say yes. And that's why we go and take the message to the world. We want people to say yes to Jesus, to find hope in him. He says, I'm going to repay everyone's work. And Jesus says, I am the Alpha, the, the, the Omega, the beginning, the end. I am the first and the last. Jesus is all over everything. He is all over it all. From the, from the beginning of time to the end of time, for all of eternity, Jesus is always been. And he will always be. Jesus clearly and firmly says, I am coming soon. I'm coming soon. God is going to send his son a second time and he is going to usher in heaven and he is going to put an end to life as we know it. This is still out in front of us. This has not yet happened. This is going to happen. This is what we are looking forward to. Either in our lifetime or in the days to come, in the generations to come, it is going to happen. And I want to share with you some truths about this that you can go ahead and fact check, okay? Some truths that lead up to our mindset and our attitude about God stepping in again. Number one is this, four things under this point. Number one is this, Jesus came once. Jesus came the first time. He came as the Son of God, the Savior of the world. He came he came as an infant child born in a manger, and nobody denies that Jesus came. There is no denying it. The historians prove and show us that he came. The biblical accounts tell us that he came. His name is in the census that was taken back in those days. So nobody denies that Jesus came. People deny who he was, but not that he came. Everyone agrees, for the most part, that Jesus walked on the earth. And he came to pay the penalty for our sin so that we might have a chance to spend eternity in heaven with him. That's why he came once. He came for you and he came for me. That's why Jesus came for us because we were lost and wandering and cut off from him. Because of the cross, we have hope for eternal life. In Jesus, we can be cleansed. We can be forgiven. We can be made right with God. We can become into right standing with him, saved, sanctified, and redeemed. In Jesus, we have all this. Outside of Jesus, we have none of it. Outside of Jesus, we are still sinful, lost in our sin, cut off from God, and headed for eternal hell. Only in Jesus, only in this person of Jesus, can our lives completely change. And we can move from darkness into light, from being children of the evil one to becoming children of God, to going from Satan's team to getting in the game and being on God's team. He is the only way. Jesus is. My sin, my sin, and it's a long list of stuff from my past. My sin separated me from God. And that sin, through Jesus, 
has been dealt with. Other people might remember it. Other people might want to talk about it. But in God's eyes, he dealt with it. When I gave my life to Christ, he forgave me of my sin. And he's washed me clean. And my sin has been dealt with. My acceptance of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life and my soul has brings me back by his grace and by his grace alone, I am saved. Only in Jesus Christ. You must. You must accept him as Lord and Savior of your life. Our friends must accept him as Lord and Savior of their lives. They must believe and we must be born again. It's our only way in. It's our only way into a relationship with Jesus. And his purpose for coming the first time. Jesus came innocent. He came humble, born in a manger, just like the prophets said he would. He paid the price for sin, for the sin of all of mankind. He suffered, he died, he was buried, and he rose again. And then he appeared to many, hundreds of people over a period of 40 days. The perfect son of God paid the price for sinful man. The offer is on the table for anyone who will accept it. And then he ascended back into heaven. After conquering death and the grave, he returned back to the Father. The bridge being built, the bridge between God and mankind now was built in Jesus. Our spiritual highway to heaven is now in place because of what Jesus did when he came the first time. And he is our only way back to the Father. He is our only way to heaven. He came the first time. He came the first time. Secondly, Jesus is preparing a place for us, at least for those who love him, who honor him, and who obey him, who have accepted him as Lord and Savior of their life. If you gave your life to Christ, you can look forward to the fact that Jesus is preparing a place for you. This is our promise and this is our hope that through all the chaos caused by the evil one on this planet is going to come to an end one day soon. That's something new. Something brand new and fresh will replace what is broken. See, this is the good news of the gospel. Number one, that God came to save you your soul for all of eternity. And number two, that he's coming back to rescue you and everything that we look around and see on this planet that is broken and it's all broken is going to come to an end and God is going to bring healing and he's going to bring newness to it all. He's doing something new. He is going to do something new. In John chapter 17, Jesus said, Father, I want those that you have given me, those, are those who have given their lives to Christ that belong to him, are his children. I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. And where is Jesus going? He was going to the Father. He was going back to heaven. And to see my glory, the glory that you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. He came from the eternity. He's headed back for eternity. And Jesus says, I want those on the earth who you have given me, who have given their lives to me, to be with me where I am. 
That's in heaven. Jesus is going to, is preparing a place for you. And when it's all passed away, Jesus is going to come and he's going to take us to be where he is. He's preparing a place for us. Keith Green was a, a singer uh, back in the day, a Christian singer, and he sang this song and the lyrics said this. It took God six days to create all of the earth. And we look at the earth and we go, wow, it's crazy. It's unbelievable. But God has been working on heaven, on your home, for 2,000 years. We cannot even begin to imagine what heaven is going to be like. We can't even imagine how awesome the earth is in its natural creation. How amazing the galaxies and the stars and the, the wonders of the world are. But God's been working on heaven, your home, for a couple thousand years. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? Number three, Jesus will return to take his children home. He came the first time. He went to, to, to prepare a place for us, those who love him. And number three, he's going to come back. He's going to return to take his children home. In John chapter 14, my father's house has many rooms, Jesus said to his disciples. If it were not so, I would have told you. He knows. Jesus knows. He's like talking about something that he was at. He came from. He's going back there. And he's telling us what it's like there. It's like you telling somebody what it's like where you go every summer and have uh, you know, spend the summer. You go back to the same place, you go back and forth, and now you're telling somebody what that place is like. That's what Jesus is doing. If it were not so, I would have told you there. I told you so. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. If I go to there to prepare a place for you, guess what? I'm going to come back. I'm going to take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Jesus is going to return, and he's going to take his children home with him to the place that he went to prepare and is preparing right now. Revelation 21, that I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a beautiful bride dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now with among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them. He will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain for the old order of things has passed away. That is incredible. That's what's going on right now. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. Jesus is going to return to take his children, those who love him and honor him, are living their lives for him. He's going to take them home with him, a new heaven and a new earth. And what exactly that's going to look like and be like. We have pieces and hints of it in the Bible. Like here's one piece of what it's going to be like. But, but there's a lot of debate and discussion of what it actually is going to be like. Tune in on Wednesday, January the 26th. Dan, our own Dan Stipitich, is going to be sharing with us on that Wednesday night what heaven is going to be about and what it's going to be like. Come on that Wednesday and check that out. And Dan will tell us all things. 
Here's what we do know. We know that what we have now is going to pass away. We know that God will dwell among us and we will dwell with God. We know that he will wipe away every tear. There'll be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. And that the old order of things that we live in right now is going to pass away. And Jesus said, behold, I make all things new. That, that much we know. Way before Arnold said it, Jesus said, I'll be back. I will be back to take my children home. And the last thing, the last thing is this. Don't lose this. This is our hope. This is what drives us to doing everything that we do in this world. This is the motivation behind what our life is all about. Raising children, going to work. You know, we don't go to work for work's sake only. Yeah, we're involved in the world and we have to do certain things, but, but this is the motivation. We are waiting for Jesus to come back. And that motivates us to doing anything and everything that we do. Number four is this. We eagerly wait for Jesus to step back in. When God stepped in. And God is going to step in again. He is going to tell his son it is time and his son is going to come back to this earth and life as we know it will come to an end. Yes, he certainly is with us now in a very personal way. The Holy Spirit is dwelling with us. God is dwelling with us. God is moving in us. But we are still trapped in this flesh and in this world. And one day that is going to come to an end. He's about to make a big move. And we are excited and we are eager for his return as Christians. Our posture, our posture on the planet is not fear. It's not worldly. It's not flesh. Our eyes are on the glory to be revealed. Our eyes are on him. And right now we are living on planet Earth waiting for his arrival. We eagerly are waiting for the return of Jesus. Don't fall asleep on that truth. Don't let that slide on by. Don't let the devil get you so caught up in the things of this world that you forget that Jesus is coming back and that your hope is completely in him, his rescue of your soul. He is what we're waiting for. He is what we're excited about. He is why we get up and we do everything that we do every day because God loves us and he's coming to rescue us. We are careful to obey him. We are faithful in all things and we are seeking anyone and everyone to tell the good news that God loves them. Philippians chapter 3, Paul says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is going to come back because our citizenship is there. That's where he is. He's coming from there to here to save us, to rescue us, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies that they will be like that's our end. That's the end game for you and me, that our lowly, fleshly, broken down bodies are going to be changed and like his eternal, spiritual, whole, eternal body, his glorious body, we will be like him. 
And we eagerly wait our Lord and Savior from heaven to come and rescue us. Romans 8, Paul says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been poured out in us. We are the first fruit of the Spirit growing in us, changing our lives. We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sonship, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we are saved. That is amazing truth also, right? The creation is groaning. We are groaning. We are the first fruit of the Holy Spirit. He's growing in us, changing us, saving us. And we are eagerly awaiting the finality of our adoption. God has planted his seed in us, the Holy Spirit, and we are his. But the finalization of that adoption will happen when Jesus returns and we leave this earth and we go and spend heaven with God for all of eternity. And we are completely adopted into his kingdom and we get to leave this bag of bones this body of death this flesh that is falling apart every day it's dying by the moment and the last passage i want to just share with you as we wrap this thing up is this for the lord himself will come down from heaven who's coming down the lord the lord jesus is coming down from heaven with the cloud with a loud command with the voice of the archangel with the trumpet call of god and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive will be, and our left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Do you see this truth? How it's all going to play out and how it's all going to unfold. There's lots of discrepancy or there's different ideas and opinions, but that doesn't matter. What we do know, what we all agree on, is that the Lord is going to come down. Heaven is going to be ushered in and things are going to be totally different than they are right now. And Jesus is going to rule on the earth. He says this then at the end of that, verse 18. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Take great comfort in these words. Set your mind and your heart on these things, on things above. On the fact that Jesus is coming to rescue you. Okay, that's all you need to think about. If you were in the ocean drowning and you had a little life dinging with you and, and you were floating around there for months and days and years and weeks and whatever, and you're out there dying, but you heard the sound of the helicopter, the Coast Guard was coming, you would now have this great hope that you are not going to die in this ocean of death, this body of the sea of this world. You are going to soon be rescued from it. And so it is with God. The, the helicopter is sounding. Jesus is going to come back. Our rescue is near. And we're not going to die in this world. We're not going to drown in this deathly world. We are going to be saved. God is going to send his son and he's coming to rescue you. And we are eagerly awaiting that savior from heaven to come. Encourage one another with these words. Let them lift you up. Let them be the thing that drives you and motivates your life. Look, when God steps in, amazing and incredible and miraculous things happen. We've seen a bunch of it already in the scriptures. When we look back, we see time and time again, God stepping in. Noah's life, Moses' life, Abraham's life, the prophet's life, the apostle's life, Cornelius, Saul, 
So many people that God stepped in and did amazing things. And we can look into our own life and see how God has stepped in. He is saving us. He's growing us. He's helping us become spiritually mature and spiritual-minded people. He's brought comfort into our life. He has brought peace into our life. He has brought purpose into our life. He has brought direction into our life. He has truly stepped in and he is doing amazing things in us. We don't need the physical things. Those are the lesser things. Don't make them more important. The more important things that God knows you need, he has provided for you. He's given you his Holy Spirit that has given you all the power you need to live on this earth. We have more than we need. We have more than enough. God has stepped into our lives. He's doing amazing things. But our great hope, our great hope, the thing that we eagerly look forward to is that soon and very, very Soon, God is going to step in again. God has stepped in and God is going to step in again. There is no reason to fear. We are eagerly looking for Jesus's return. And that is going to motivate our lives every day, every week, every month, every year. And with Jesus, we have purpose and we eagerly wait for his return. How awesome is that? That if you and I have this hope, we can live on a whole nother mentality plane knowing that God loves us and that he's with us. And that he's going to send his son soon to rescue us. Man, encourage each other with these words. God bless you guys. Have a great, great week. Have a great Thanksgiving. God bless.